Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet on KDRT 95.7 FM. All right, Susan Hyatt is coming back in this episode, and we are going to talk about judgment. Do you like judgment? I sure don't, and I know it can be a trigger for me and make me really want to be small. And so we're going to talk about judgment and what happens, and what are the things that you can do in regards to judgment. We're going to talk about owning your own power instead of letting the judgment trigger you, boundaries. I'm going to talk about the cost of judging, and we're going to talk about you know something that we want or need and how that can uh, trigger judgment for us. So I'm going to be bringing on Susan Hyatt. We're going to have a great conversation, and I will circle back with you after our conversation. Thanks so much for listening. All right. Hello and welcome back. I have Susan Hyatt here and we're going to talk about judgment. In a previous podcast, we got to talking a bit about, and she made the, Susan made this comment of, you absolutely deserve to honor what you want and like. And I had mentioned that that right there can trigger a lot of judgment. And so who better to talk with this about than Susan Hyatt who deals with this? Susan, hello and welcome back. Hello, Corinne. Thanks for having me back. Awesome to have you back. So what do you have to say about that, the judgment, when when you show up and you're willing to shine Mm -hmm. and people come to judge? You know, judgment happens. Uh, Everyone judges. And I think that if we can just understand that human beings are going to judge, there is nothing you can do. There's no way that you can you can't fly under the radar low enough to avoid some kind of judgment. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to accomplish that. And so above the radar, being aligned with exactly who you are, owning your power, that can absolutely trigger a lot of judgment. And I think something to understand and that I have come to understand is that people are going to judge regardless you might as well own and be who you are while they're doing it. And if they are um, judging and hating hard, it's because sometimes owning your power can absolutely trigger something in other people. And what's happening, it has nothing to do with you. You are amazing, every single one of us. But they are projecting their own limits onto you. So whether it's, you know, who does she think she is or she really shouldn't wear that or um, she's not as smart as she thinks she is or whatever thing you're worried people are going to think and judge, there's no amount of dumbing down or dimming your light that's going to save you from that. So you might as well just go ahead and rock it out. (laughs) (laughs) And how long did it take you to get there? You know, um, I would say really within the past, I've always been sort of good at it, but I would go in and out of it. Like I would, I would put myself out there and then 
but then be really wounded by hate mail or um, or gossip that people would alert me that was happening. And really within the past, I would say three years, I've become much, much better at just really saying like, this is it. This is who I am. Here's the light side of me. Here's the dark side of me. I'm not a perfect person. If you don't like it, that's your right, Mm -hmm. but take it someplace else. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because up in here, we are celebrating. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, um, Look at you. I made you speechless I, on that one. I love it. So, you know, dealing with teens, um, yep. one of my husband's great lines is, would you want to live in their brain? Yeah. And that's a good one because all of a sudden when I'm all amped up and he will just say, aren't you glad you don't live in their brain? And when you said that up in here, we are celebrating. And I'm thinking, that's a good brain to be living in. <laughs> yep. I mean... Really, it's it's um it's interesting. Um, I think about like my Facebook page or whatever it is, Instagram, my blog, um, and people have strong opinions that don't mesh with mine. I'm like, hey, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Keep it in your living room or on your mm-hmm. virtual space. You know, where there's I have really strong boundaries around. Um, online and offline, what I'm going to tolerate coming at me. And I can take it, absolutely. But it's like, change the channel. If you don't like what I'm doing, let's not hang out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And let's not um, pretend anything otherwise. You You can have your space and I can have mine and the world still spends. It's all right. Mm hmm But yeah, I don't want to be in their mind, you know, that kind of tearing down mindset that Mm -hmm. thinks that it's not okay for whatever, you know, for a woman to accept her body, for a woman to have a voice, you know, the things that people typically get mad at me about. For it to wear bikinis and post them on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's like now I take every opportunity to like, oh, we're in bathing suits, photo time. So one thing when you talk about boundaries, didn't you create those boundaries from when, from all the problems, right? When, like I notice all of a sudden I'll see something and I'm like, oh, this is a great place. I I call boundaries fence posts. This is Mm. a great place to put the fence posts. And then I get to decide who comes in through the gate or not, Mm. right? And then when I also get upset if somebody's coming, pushing over my boundaries, I'm like, wait, it's my job to honor my fence posts and to take care of them and make sure they stand up. Mm-hmm. Right. And because, because so, I'm like, how come they're not respecting my boundary? They're not respecting it. I'm like, wait, how come I'm not keeping my fence posts up? You know, yep. what's happening over here? What am I mm-hmm. not doing? So, um, but I've, uh, how I've learned about boundaries is also just from not having them at certain times and having yeah. them at certain places. And then that's how I've been like, oh, this is definitely a place where a boundary would be good. Absolutely. Such a good point. So, you know, if if those of you listening notice, um, you know, drama that we talked about in the last one coming seeping in, 
then it's it's nothing more than an invitation for you to say, okay, like Corinne's saying, like, oh, yeah, I need to put up a fence post there. And certainly that's that's what happened. I didn't start out on Facebook um, with boundaries around what people could post or, you know, send me or whatever. It was only after um, – things started happening that I was like, oh, okay, here's the, here's what the boundary is going to be here now. Or even in my own business, um, I now have a, a no refund policy that I call my Beyonce policy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, listen, if you buy tickets to a Beyonce concert, Beyonce doesn't care that your babysitter canceled. She doesn't care that you messed up your calendar she doesn't care that maybe you don't feel like going out tonight. You bought tickets and she's not giving you a refund. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I that was created after tolerating. I don't really get requests for many refunds, just not refunds in the sense that they've experienced my work and now they want their money back. It was more they'd sign up for a program that had limited seating. And then as the months progressed and class time was about to start, people would get scared and then Mm -hmm. say, you know, I really think maybe I, I don't know that I'm up for this or whatever. And I would give them their money back. And then it was causing my assistant or myself extra work to refill a spot that was taken. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of got tired of that. And so I created this no, this Beyonce, no refund policy. And it's like, listen, be sure Mm -hmm. before you click buy now Mm -hmm. and you take a limited space in this program because it's yours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it has really changed my business Mm -hmm. because people are now sure the people signing up are people that are all in. Mm -hmm. Well, that can, and you know, the container, I like to say container too, is, is so important because you're right. A lot of times, okay, the babysitter cancels or this happens, but they're looking at their limitations and what's getting in the way. And they're letting that rock that's fallen in the road stop them instead of saying, okay, can you go through the rock? Can you go around the rock? Is yep. this what you want? And they're like, oh, no, here we go. And and they want to. And that's why I like the containers because I work with clients for a year. I mean, yeah. you're in it for a year because we're going to dig up some stuff and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I want out. But I know mm-hmm. that once we get through that and you get to the other side, you're like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. But but you're coming up against yourself, right? So I, I totally love your Beyonce. I remember when you put that out there, I was dying. <laughs> and it wasn't like it was hidden. So they had a choice. And, right. if they, and, and, and the thing is to work with you or to work with me, it's all a choice. Right. It's not something that people have to do. And oh. we do a ton of free stuff like this podcast. So we do a ton of free stuff for people. And it's a choice if they want to work with us. But it can trigger a lot of things for people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and I love that. I, you know, it's so funny because I had a, I had a Susan Hyatt Facebook moment a while ago. I saw this great quote. It was, um, and it's from Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg. And I'm not a big fan of her or the book Lean In, but, mm-hmm. um, I liked the quote and I, it was kind of, I don't even remember what it was. It was like, instead of calling girls bossy or, or something derogatory, it's like they're using their voice. And I just posted, I was like, oh, this is cool. I posted the quote on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. The, the judgment just came out. I was like, wow. And I just kind of sat there and I was on that quote. I um, know what quote you're talking about. Oh, yes. And people just were so upset. And, and it was like, well, you're, you're saying that women are more important than men, or this is why boys have problems in schools. I was like, really? You guys know me. 
You know, I'm an advocate for kids, boys and girls. I don't label kids as good or bad. And it was so fat. It was all their stuff. So since that time, like, and I just, I just was like, look, this is, this is my wall. And I, again, it was like, and I think I took your thing of, this is my living room. It's not okay. And you wouldn't come into my home and say these things because I know these people. They wouldn't do that. But sometimes I think with this new social media, this new territory, people aren't quite sure where the boundaries are. Yeah. All right. And so I just kept saying, please stop. I stopped engaging, please, you know, and please stop. And eventually the, con- but it was so fascinating. And so since that time, I have a new saying that I love to say that helps me so much with judgment is, People are telling me a lot about themselves. For sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Love that one too. It's all about, it tells us all about them and nothing about you, Corinne. Mm-hmm. Like how interesting that benign, wonderful quote. Yes. And look what trotted out. And yeah. it had nothing to do with that amazing quote, which I was just scrolling your wall trying to find it. I'm like, I'm going to jump in on this. <laughs> I'm going to back up my girl. But, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Like people, um, they don't, social media is kind of the wild, wild west mm-hmm. now. And and people aren't thinking about, hey, that's Corinne's living room. That's mm-hmm. her virtual living room. And you know, I wouldn't walk into a party at her house and start spouting this stuff off at her. So maybe I might check myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. I, I do also think people will say things online or via email that they would never say to your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they, it's, yeah. there's that lack of a boundary because it's so invisible that they mm-hmm. think, oh, it's okay, I can do this. Or that my opinion should matter, or I need to tell this person in you know being in everybody else's business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that for me, what really helps me with judgment is this this idea that people are just telling me a lot about themselves and not mm-hmm. getting attached and, or letting them define me by their judgments. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it <clears throat> it's interesting just to see where people go with it. Even little posts, um, like, uh, for example, I posted something, a little PSA on my Facebook this morning about how, how anger is actually can gets a bad rap, but can actually be a really helpful emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's about boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. It's telling you, um, where a line has been crossed and, you know, ask what anger is trying to teach you, ask how anger is trying to help you. And, and I think I use the hashtag fury can light the way. <laughs> and, um, and lots of people are chiming in like absolutely, you know, in agreement or like, wow, never thought about it that way. But then there are other people who are like, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Well, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> Like, <laughs> I didn't say get angry and go pop somebody. <laughs> you know, I just said, ask what anger can do for you. So it's, it is interesting. Yeah. Well, and th- I mean, that's Harriet Lerner, right? The dance of anger. I mean, it, she's mm-hmm. all about anger is, is that boundaries have been broken. Yeah. Right. And, 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 but that's also just changing the way we're supposed to be because it, especially for women, it was, you know, just take care of everybody else's needs and don't take care of your own. And mm-hmm. so when you have boundaries, people are going to get mad because it's like, well, wait a second. So I have this um, great autoresponder for the swim team. 
And it's so fascinating, Susan, because, and I got it from Alexander Franzen, our friend, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I love it because I always get all these random emails that are really simple questions. And so, you know, it's like, I tried this experiment last summer, and if you have these questions, here are the answers. Consider your email answered. And it's so interesting because people who respect boundaries are like, Corinne, that is amazing. I'm sure it helps you so much. Right. And the people who don't like boundaries who are like, wait, I thought you just emailed me right away and I was so excited, but then I realized it was an autoresponder. I don't like this. <laughs> and it's so the feedback I got there are, there are people that absolutely hate it and I've just been like this has been life changing you know it, it's made me not hate email so much because you know I would be like having to deal with tedious stuff that I didn't want to deal with that right. this email can answer like right. here are the top 10 here you go boom let me answer the important stuff for you isn't that so interesting <laughs> like that it's like okay well Let's have tea. What they want you to say is come over for tea and let's discuss it. (laughs) Well, like, sorry. So I have even more boundaries. So one of the things that I tell that because some some people have, you know, my kids are on the team. And so so some people, my cell phone number or they um, send me Facebook messages. And I don't know about you, but I like things to be compartmentalized. That's how I can do as much as I do. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things that I say is that I go, look, if you send me a text message, I'm expecting an invitation to coffee or lunch. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, and if you have Aquamonster business, send it via email because then I'm at the computer and I can answer it or I can look up stuff that you may have questions for. If you send me a message on Facebook, that's a playground and that's mm-hmm. not where I do work, right? Right. And so it's so funny because sometimes people will try to text me and I'm like, okay, so we're going to have coffee, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I, um, I've been thinking about that boundary, that fence post mm-hmm. that needs to be raised around, um, Facebook private messaging, because what will happen is that, um, sometimes clients will see me posting mm-hmm. and then immediately think, Oh, I've got her attention and start mm-hmm. peppering me with private message questions Mm -hmm. when like you, Facebook is fun for me and I'm just there to maybe take a break or decompress or it's the evening time. I'm not working. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, as we're talking about this, that's actually a boundary I need to enforce Mm -hmm. or, or install. Mm -hmm. Well, no, and like with clients, there's no, I don't do Facebook messages. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm really clear about those boundaries. We it's, it's phone, it's email. It's very, very clear about that. And and partly, I just want things all in one space. Like, I don't really like Facebook messages anyways. Right. And, you know, it comes up weird and it's a small little box and I don't like that constraint. So I just don't like it. But so for me, it's like, how can I be most effective so that I can show up and do the work? So people may judge that and hate that. But it's actually, if I take care of me, then I can actually serve people better. Yeah. Right. Which is, a. I mean, I've been working with clients on this all week of, you know, so many of my clients, they would, you know, they were like, I was the leftover person, you know, let me give everybody else the fresh cuts. And then I would eat the leftovers. That was kind of their metaphor for life. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're not, you're not very happy. You don't know how to take care of yourself. You don't really matter in your own life. And so how do you turn that around taking care of yourself? And then you can really be there for other people. It's way more powerful, I think. Right. I agree with you. I mean, I think one of the reasons like you that I'm able to do so many things is because in my personal life and my professional life, I have pretty strong boundaries. Mm -hmm. 
I really do. It's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a time saver. It's efficient. It reduces drama. Like we talked about in the last <laughs> podcast. I mean, it's just sort of like, you know, these are my business hours mm-hmm. and my clients know that. And my family knows that. And so each I'm able to give and devote to both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't go, these are my business hours. Oh, but I'm going to go do this and right. I'll make it up later. And that right. was like for me to get into that kind of discipline is really um, been just, it's been a game changer for me mm-hmm. to do that. And it does, it eliminates drama because it's like, no, I'm not at during these times, this is when I do my work and I'm not available for some of those fun things. And those fun things can happen during this block of time. Yep. Though, I mean, my work is fun, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. You know I, I mean. got you. So judgment, let's see, what else can we talk about judgment? So judgment happens. And I think that's an important thing because, you know, while um, sometimes I find myself like when I can really show up and be big and be present and be a leader. And when I've just totally let go of the judgment, right, that outcome. And then as soon as I start to create an awareness that there's judgment, I can, I can shrink. And so like for me, not even judgment and the bad stuff, it's, it's like how I show up in life. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. or how people will perceive me because they'll mm-hmm. they'll say, oh, look at you, Karen, you know, these Olympians, you know, you have a radio show, blah, all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm just showing up. There's like, I'm so excited because there's so much to learn and there's so much, you know, possibilities. And it's like, what do we want to create? And and I'm not even thinking of that. And then all of a sudden I'll feel that judgment coming to me and I'm like, oh, I better play smaller. Mm. Right? I better play smaller. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, wait a second. Why? That doesn't right. feel good either. Right. Yeah, I mean, it happens more, um, it's more rare for me these days, but I do still sometimes have thoughts like, should I post that? Mm-hmm. And just because I'm like, oh God, I know I'm going to get some hate mail about this. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, it's same kind of conversation. Like, no, I'm not going to censor myself just because I'm afraid of what might happen. And, um, I'm trying to think of the last, what was the last post I almost didn't post? I can't think of what it was, but I remember, um, just being like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to censor my life or not celebrate or not, um, not document, if you will, what I'm interested in because somebody else might not like it. That's not then like you, it, that doesn't feel good either. Mm-hmm. So I'll just, I'll just take, you know, whatever. I actually set up a boundary around haters um, in a different way in that, um, you know, my assistant looks at most of my email and for sure she gets all of the support at shyatt.com email. And, you know, she was just kind of like, okay, what do you want me to forward and what do you don't? And... (laughs) You know, I'm like, just send me the really funny ones so that I can talk about it on Facebook. (laughs) So a lot of the hate mail I don't even see anymore. How beautiful is that, though? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like you don't need that kind of stuff. No, like I don't need to see it. Um, Some of it trickles my way anyway, but it's it has been reduced considerably. No, I, yeah, I think that's a really good idea to not have to read all of that because I mean, we, and and the thing about, here's going back to shame. I always love to talk about shame. 
and mm-hmm. and we're not sociopaths and um so, so <laughs> no, we're not we're not sociopaths and it can, you know shame loves secrecy so if we're not going to be a secret about it it's going to like wither away but um the now i lost what i was going to even talk about shoot i'll have to come back to that it'll come back to me yeah shame really does i mean i think the secrecy is a big component of it that shame loves secrecy and if you're afraid of judgment what you can do is feed into that by mm-hmm. keeping things secret. Like, um, you know, when you're trying to block out the bad things, you're also putting up a buffer and blocking out the good things. Yep. And so, it, it, you know, that secrecy it can just be like, you know, not celebrating wonderful things and, and hiding. I know lots of people who hide their success because mm-hmm. they're afraid. Mm-hmm. Of what people are going to think and say. Well, she's too big for her britches now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep, I sure am. <laughs> I am. You know, it's just like, what? Come on now. It's so funny. It's so funny. You know, yeah, judgment, judgment is just actually hurts us all. Because I don't think, I know I've really practiced getting out of judgment myself. Because mm-hmm. it was just armor. It was something that I used to armor myself up to protect myself from pain or vulnerability. And as I practice, you know, living a life without judgment or reducing judgment, because it still comes. And then I'm like, really? It doesn't feel good though. You know, it feels dirty to, to, to be judging. So the cost to the judger is quite high. And, and so, well, you know, we may not want to be judged, but the other thing is that the person that's judging on the other end, they don't feel good. So it's an all around, not good feeling feelings. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good um, point to make that that um, I occasionally catch myself judging and it feels terrible. Mm-hmm. It feels so gross. Um, and just to understand that, okay, if you if you catch yourself thinking judgy thoughts, then it again is an invitation to go within and, and like, why am I triggered here? Mm-hmm. What is it about that? that's bringing something up for me. And if you can figure out what that is, whether it's jealousy or fear or, um, you know, dissatisfaction, whatever, then you can kind of get through it. Mm-hmm. Well, like you've said before in an interview of when you're envious or jealous of your other friends, right? With the, mm-hmm. the farm to fresh dinners. Mm-hmm. And, and then you were like, Hey, What's going on here? It's like, well, I want that. I mean, so the negative can be a great, it can be great information to what we want. Like there's Todd Cashton, who I had on the show before, he talked about the upside of the dark side. There is an upside. We don't want to diminish those bad things because they're here to give us a message. And it gave you this message of, I want to create this. This is what I, or I want this. It's not here locally. So I'm going to create it. And that's awesome. Yeah. So... So I, you know, if we can, if we can make it more of a useful, useful emotion that can propel us in the direction we want instead of, which I used to be so famous for of pitching my tent, building my campfire in the swampland and inviting people to sit there and let me story fondle for, (laughs) for months on it, forget hours. It was months. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Right. I was the country music story fondler. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) so funny. (laughs) <laughs> and that never felt good. And it didn't get me anywhere because I was still stuck at the campfire. I wasn't moving anywhere. So, 
instead of looking at it like okay what is it that I want if I'm jealous if if Susan's doing something and I'm thinking oh my gosh look at her well what's that about what's going on well she's doing this how dare she do it well what and it's probably something about well I don't think I could do that I don't think I could have that right and then that's about changing that belief system of like okay maybe I'm not you know you went to Italy maybe it's not going to Italy but maybe I could go to I don't know Oregon right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it may be, whatever the small step may be, doesn't have to be a parallel experience. And getting, you know, I'm always talking with my clients about, you know, what are the small steps you can take or that small hinges can move big doors. You don't have to make this gigantic leap, but what are the small steps? I mean, I've watched you with your career. So I remember you back then and I've watched you evolve to where you are today, right? And they've been all these steps along the way. It's not just these big, you know, leaps, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, it's absolutely a mile marker. It's, it's an indicator that there's, there's something that you want, that you crave, that you absolutely can have. Um, I I don't think that you would notice it unless there was something there for you. Ooh, say more about that. Well, so for example, if, I I think when we're judging people or jealous of others, it's, it's because there's something that we want or need. And, um, I might look at my, let's say my neighbor who, um, completed a triathlon and I can feel nothing but proud and happy for that person. There is no part of me that is jealous of that because I don't want to do that. (laughs) Like I'm somebody who moves her body all the time, but I'm not interested in competing at a triathlon. I'm just not, or I'm not interested in running for governor or I'm not interested, you know, so I'm not judgy or jealous at all around things that aren't meant for me, I guess, if that's um, a way to explain it. So if you're jealous it wouldn't even be on your radar at all unless there was some reason. So it's our job to figure out what that is. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's the upside of the dark side of jealousy, mm-hmm. right? We could perceive it and go, oh my God, I'm a bad person because I'm feeling jealous. Again, that's just living in the swampland, playing country music and fondling these stories. But when you can look at, oh, there's something in here that is saying that it's something that I want or need. And what is it? Let's go look at that. I love that. That's yeah. such a good way to to turn that jealousy around so it's not this bad thing or, you know, shame on you. You've had this such a great life. Why do you want more? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of um a lot of what I have created in my life has been from just paying attention to what is tugging at me. And whether it's tugging at me through jealousy or it's tugging at me through admiration, but both sides of the same coin, I, I really pay attention to that. And like, huh, I wonder, you know, sometimes I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. And other times I'm like, absolutely. I am, I am adding that to the mix somehow. (laughs) I like that. I'm adding that to the mix somehow. I'll figure it out. (laughs) 
It is all figure outable. Yes. It is. Yeah. When I don't have an answer to something, I'm like, I'm resourceful. I can figure things out. And maybe I don't have the answer right now, but I'll figure it out. And I just, and I do. It eventually, I get figure it out. But yeah. And, and I also like try to remind myself that um, there are lots of things that I don't yet know. And so there's a solution uh, here that is going to present itself to me. I just don't know what it is yet. It's okay. Ooh, I like that. There are lots of things that I don't yet know. It's so true. Like there, I'm always amazed and astounded at the new things I learn. I'm like, what? This exists. This is so cool. Or, you know, I, I actually, one thing is I, I did a couple of episodes of a TV show, Life is Delicious TV. It was really time consuming and expensive. And, and I may do something like that again, but all the, I was like, I wish I could just like do these little mini episodes that didn't cost me a million dollars. And, um, and all of a sudden I discover Periscope, which Corinne, are you on Periscope? Yet? No, I saw so, you. So tell me about that. Cause I saw you scouting information. So I'm still learning about it. I have not done my first, what the insiders call scope. We'll be scoping. Um, but it's, it's live little videos. So you do it from your iPhone or your iPad um, or your smartphone or your iPad. And it's basically a social media platform of video. So I could say I could go on Facebook or email out to my list like, hey, I'm going to be on Periscope at three o'clock today talking about the top three ways to um, end drama in your life. Join me. And so everybody would get on Periscope and I'd be sitting there in my workout clothes, you know, just doing a real quick video, live video where people can comment and talk to me while I'm doing it. And I thought, well, there's the solution to my TV show. It's this platform I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. Like who would have thought? balls. So I'm going to start. I don't know what my, I'm going to. Um, give it a try and see how I like it. But I have a, I have a feeling I'm really going to love it. Well, so, you know, when you talk about this, even that comment, like there are lots of things that I don't know, don't yet know. That's a growth mindset, mm-hmm. right? You're like, hey, I'm willing to try this. I'm not going to let it define me. Or even, you know, I'm going to do this t- television show. And then after a couple, you know, going, well, I'm not sure if this is where I, you know, when I spend resources to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people wouldn't even do that because they would say, why would I put everything in and what if it doesn't work out? But right. you don't seem to get limited by that. Well, because I'm just such a believer because it's been proven in my life over and over again, I have evidence for it that the answers that we seek happen through action many times. So there's, it's, there is no way, and fact finders hate this. <laughs> I'm a quick start. And then followed up by a very high fact finder score. But there's no way to research your way to everything you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible. You have to start walking down the path because the answers you want are are not available to you until you're experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain amount of prep absolutely that you can do. Like I'm watching these little webinar things on how to periscope. But Mm -hmm. I'm not going to know what it feels like or what I like or what I'm really going to end up doing on there until I start doing it. 
It's so true. It's so, you just, you don't know. Like when I started this radio show, I didn't know what I was getting myself involved with. And, I, you know, <laughs> but I've been learning and I've been constantly learning through the years and done what, over 450 shows. And, wow. and I, yeah, and I'm learning. But when the, and the vision that I had for the show back in 2006 was so different. I mean, I never would have thought that I'd have this worldwide audience or that I'd be able to talk with all these different people or all the people that it's connected me with. And then, yeah. you know, now where I have continuing guests, which I love, right? Because we can have these deep, rich conversations and the listeners are loving it. And they were a little scared. They're like, wait a second, you're changing? Why are you changing? Keep this with this going, right? right? But they're loving these conversations and they get so excited when they see, oh, Susan Hyatt's coming back. That's awesome. You know, and they get exposed to that. And so I would never have known, but the answers, like I could have had it all planned out. But shoot, when I first started with my radio show, I mean, podcasting was so small and now podcasting is just taking off. Right. So you just don't know. So I love that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things about life has become that I don't even know what I don't know yet. Like, <laughs> like life is going to continue to surprise me. And that is an amazing thing to constantly be astounded. Like, what? This is better than I thought. I love that. Life is going to continuously surprise me. It is. I mean, it always does. I think I know and I don't know. <laughs> it's so fun. And do you think this is like kind of this mindset is what helps you stay out of like going into a judger mindset? Because you're looking at forward of like, wow, there's all this cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, I do. I do think that I fertilize my mind um, with amazing <laughs> stuff. And so there's not a lot of room for the weeds to grow anymore. Mm -hmm. Some are still there. Mm -hmm. I'm still a work in process. But by and large, uh, you know, I'm just not, um, I'm not somebody who is letting um, things just happen. I mean, I, I am open and surrendered. I don't mean that, but I am creating, I'm creating mm -hmm. my life. That's a very different energy. Well, and what do you think about limitations? Because one of the things that was just kind of kept coming up this week was I, people were coming to me with their limitations, their limitations, right? Or the limitations of the software. And I was like, there's got to be a way, a way. Like I, I was with this one computer situation. I was like, there's just got to be a way. I just don't accept this. There's got to be a way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my coach was like, no, I spent three hours. I'm like, I don't care. You spent three hours. There's got to be a way. It does not make sense. There's got to be a better way to do this. And we just haven't figured it out yet. And I, so like for me, when I look at that, then it like it's my brain, you know, I get rid of any perceptual blindness. But I think so often, like with judgment, it creates limitations, you know, or I don't know if it creates limitations or limitations create judgment, but it, you know, gives us that perceptual blindness. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I love that there's got to be a way. Um, there's always a way. There's always a way. And so that's kind of where that, well, I don't know what the answer is yet, but it'll present itself to me, came from, is my belief that I don't care what problem you're trying to solve or what goal you have. Um, it's my opinion that you wouldn't be able to think it up if there wasn't a way. And you might be the one that creates the way, but there's a way. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm like, how, how, 
how do we do this? How is it? And it may take a little while, but I'm with you. Yeah, just, I mean, to do that, it just, it makes so much more sense than to be, oh, well, here's the limitation. Too bad. That just doesn't feel very good. <laughs> no, like what? Forget that. I, I, um, resourcefulness is one of my top favorite things in others and in myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, we could do a whole show called I'm not your Google (laughs) 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 because it always interests me. I can usually tell when I'm working with a group who is really going to make something of their ideas and who's not based on the emails that I get. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like, you know what? Google could have told you that a day ago. You're seriously asking me that? And so I think resourcefulness is so, I mean, it's like you've got it. It's like, I don't know how to train resourcefulness, but you must. You have to eliminate judgment. There you go. You have to eliminate judgment to be resourceful. I like it. Yeah. You, I mean, you just have to, because if you're, if you're judging, then you're not, you're not trying to figure it out. And then you're not saying, oh, should I go to Google or go to Susan? Right. Like mm-hmm. we're, and being really effective, what, knowing the right questions to ask Susan. And then what are the questions to ask Google? Because mm-hmm. if, if you ask Google, you're going to get the answer pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. If you ask Susan and it's in the evening, you're going to have to wait. Right. So, but you have to eliminate judgment. But if you believe, well, Susan should be on the other end, because there's a lot of people that believe this about me. Susan should be on the other end of this email, because when I have a question, I, <laughs> they, she should answer it. I always explain to people, I go, I am not Google. <laughs> I am not Google. That's why I have an autoresponder. <laughs> Gosh, I know. I mean, it's just like, to me, it's, and the other one, we could do a whole show about these things, but it's things that perhaps I've sent people that they say, can you resend that to me? There is a search box (laughs) in your Gmail. And all you have to do is plug in Susan Hyatt and blank, whatever they're asking me about. And it it will appear again. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally understand that with working with groups. I'm like, oh... Not a good indicator. Not a good indicator here. Let's talk about resourcefulness. Yeah, but to be resourceful, you have to eliminate judgment. You yeah, know, because you're right. Otherwise, you're judging yourself. You're judging the other person instead of like, okay, you know, I could think, oh, this computer program's stupid, but the fact of the matter is, this is the kind of program that swimming uses, and there's got to be a better way to create team records than manually typing them up. There's just got to be, and I just believe that and. I know there has to be a way and it's about who are the people that can maybe teach us and maybe it's Mm -hmm. a YouTube video, right? But I just wasn't willing to accept that. I'm like, no, there's just got to be a better way. There's got it. Because the other side is you don't have to keep manually updating team records throughout the years. Let's let's spend some time now and figure it out. And then all I have to do is press a button and click a report comes out. That would be so much better. (laughs) Yeah, better. (laughs) For sure. All right. So as we wrap up on this topic about judgment, what do you want? What else do you want to share before we go? Talked about judgment happens, owning your power and how that can be a trigger, boundaries, 
Mm -hmm. I use the leftover metaphor, the cost Mm -hmm. of judging, um, the mile marker of jealousy of what you crave, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Limitations and resourcefulness. Mm. Oh, we covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot of ground. You know, I think just my final point would be reiterating that um, judgment happens and you can't completely erase it from life because you cannot control the thoughts and actions of others. But what you can do is use some of the strategies that we talked about and reduce the amount of hold judgment can have over you in your own mind and the hold of perceived judgment from others that can that you allow to have on yourself, that you are in absolute control of the amount of judgment that you will tolerate. And I just invite everyone to maybe spend some time and think a little bit about, hey, where do I get judgy and what do I think that means? And what kind of judgment am I afraid of? And can I uh, flex my bravery muscle a little bit and step up and step out and be who I am? Ooh, that's a really good one. Yes. Well, Susan, thank you so much for coming back. Love talking with you. It's been fun. Hey, thanks for having me. It is always a good time with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll have more conversations. Yay. Yay. Receiving the judgment of others. Don't you just love what Susan had to say that judgment's going to happen. Everybody judges. And then it's, so what? They're going to judge. Let them judge. It's like what Scott Scranton says. Don't try to win over the haters. You're not the jackass whisperer. Judgment's going to happen. When judgment happens, my question for you is, how do you show up? What do you do? I know at times when I perceive judgment going to happen. I don't want to show up. I don't want to let other people see me. I want to hide away or I may puff up. So judgment can get in the way of what I really want to create. But then if we let judgment get in the way, in our way, who does that hurt? What's the cost to ourselves? Because frankly, there's nothing we can do about other people's judgments. We'll tell ourselves, oh, if I just do this, or if I just work harder, or if I don't use my voice, then people won't judge. There's always going to be judgment. Judgment happens. And part of it is on our part of accepting it's going to happen. Knowing who are the people that are on your team and knowing who the people are that are the haters. Don't you have those people in your life who no matter what you do, they're always going to hate They're always not going to like. They're always going to criticize. They will always be your haters. And then there'll be people. I have a really good friend. I call her my fan friend. I love her. And who are just always cheering for you, who have your back. And those are the people that you want to surround yourself with. Not that they don't give you their honest viewpoints, because that's always really important, but that they're there. They're not there only when you're perfect or doing everything absolutely right, but they love you in spite of your flaws. They know all of you. Isn't that the most beautiful thing when you can be around people like that? So when we can understand and accept that judgment's going to happen and there's nothing we can do, it is okay. It can be freedom because maybe then you give yourself the permission to show up in your life and own your power instead of letting yourself 
hide away? Wouldn't that be such a better place to live? And here's the thing. As you know from the show, it's always a practice. You practice, you practice, you screw it up, you circle back, you practice some more. You continue to learn. It is a lifelong practice. We want we want things to be fixed and then sometimes we think, oh, it's not that important until a crisis happens. But these are daily practices and just notice, pay attention to the judgment that happens in your life. And what do you do? What is your tendency? And then ask yourself, what's the cost to you? What's the cost to you to not show up in your life? What's the cost to you to try to placate everybody so they, they, that you believe they won't have judgment? Does it work? Do they really not have judgment? That's the thing. We don't really know sometimes because people may be judging, but it's just in their head. So really ask yourself about this. And what if you just gave yourself the permission to not let it get in your way? And that's a practice that I'm working on myself. The other part of the judgment is us judging others. You know, why do we do it? And judgment is a huge armor for me. It was a way to protect my heart. It was, let me judge you first before you judge me. But it really armored up my heart and it didn't let my heart come through. And there's a huge cost. And a lot of times it's kind of like judgment I think of in line with eating that third bowl of ice cream after you've told yourself, you know, you really deserved it. You had a hard day. That used to be my go-to. But judgment feels gross afterwards. You feel really icky. Right, or at least I do. I don't feel very good about myself and I have a lot of regret and remorse. And those aren't the feeling states that I want to live in and gross and remorse and regret. That's not what I want. That's not the feeling states that I want to live in or the neighborhoods of emotions that I want to live in. It's fine to visit from time to time, especially if I'm willing to look at it from a compassion observer and, and learn from those emotions. But I don't want to sulk in it and live in that neighborhood. So another thing that I've really practiced this past year is letting go of judgment. Just letting go. People are people. They're going to do what they're going to do. And frankly, it's not my business. Because remember, there's three types of business in this world. There's your business, my business. And I like to call it the weather's business instead of universe or, or God, because there's a lot of different beliefs out there. But there's three types of business in this world. And Right now in my community, people are really complaining because it's triple digits, but that's what it is in the summer in the valley. It's triple digits. Whereas I have a client who's up in Seattle, it rains. That's what happens. And so anytime you complain about the weather, you're in the weather's business, first off, because complaining is not going to do anything different for you. And secondly, you're in their, their business, the weather's business, and you're not taking care of your own business. And taking care of your own business is a full-time job, but we distract ourselves by other people's business. And the same thing happens when I used to spend time judging other people. That was just me being in their business. Oh, they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do that. What does it matter to me? And I can hear some of you say, but it does in the matter of how they treat me. And again, we can't control other people, but... We can teach people how to treat us, right? And so when what I like to look at is people are telling them a lot about themselves. They're telling, excuse me, people are telling us a lot about themselves. 
when they react in a certain way. Now you get to choose whether you want to be a part of that experience or not. So it's not a threat. It's not blackmail. But you get to start to think about who are the people I want to surround myself with? What are the environments? It's really quite empowering. It's not that life happens to you. It's that you get to choose and you get to be a part of this creative process. But without dictating to people how they're supposed to treat you, you just pay attention. And then you decide who do you want to surround yourself with? Who are the people that it feels really good to be around? And who are the people that may be takers? And not that we can have lives that, you know, shoot, I have people in my life who are takers and there's an understanding of that, right? Because of maybe certain um, situations or uh, maybe they're members of the swim team and that's part of the relationship and that's okay. So understanding that, but having the appropriate boundaries around that. So I've digressed a bit. The three types of business, staying in your own business, staying out of judgment of others. And when we go into judgment, the other thing that happens is that we get perceptually blind. We see things and we don't have this. We can't use our whole brain. So when we can stay out of judgment, we feel better. The person we're probably interacting with feels a lot better, not having to deal with our own judgment because they're probably in their own self-judgment. And we get to stay in our own business and be like, hmm, is this somebody that I want to hang out with? Is this somebody I want to work with? Or I understand that this is a colleague to work with and this is the manner and they operate. With that being said, when we have this project due, how can I show up my best and not get involved in the drama? That's staying in your own business and way more productive than having judgment. Oh my gosh, everything they do is a crisis and everything's last minute and it's going to be a drama to do this project we're still focusing on them. So instead, I invite you to turn around and focus on yourself. And I do love that. That has probably been one of my favorite go-to sayings this summer is people are telling me a lot about themselves. It's just information. You're going to find out a lot when you pay attention about people's belief systems, their mindset, what they believe about how the world works and if life happens to them and being that either victim or emotional child, or if they are able to go and create things that they want and being an emotional adult, it's a powerful, powerful thing when you listen to people. I also love what Susan talked about with ask what anger is trying to teach you, right? If you have anger or if you have jealousy, ask what it's trying to teach you. And that goes back to Todd Cashton, the upside of the dark side or Harriet Lerner, when she talks about um, the dance of anger, these are all messages. They're not bad. And so often we may feel guilty for feeling anger or uh, feel guilty because we acted out in anger, but it's about catching that feeling and then asking, what is this feeling trying to teach me? What is it trying to teach me? And that you may have this response of this little kid, wild child, like, I don't know, right? My teenagers love that saying, I don't know. But what if you just said, okay, I may not know the answer right now, but I'm willing to be open to it and let it come. And I allow, I real, I have learned that when I've given myself space like that, I've been able to find a lot more answers than when I was wanting to be, wanting my brain to be Google and I ask it a question and it must answer it right now. It didn't really work that way. And finally, I think it's really important that no matter what, you don't define yourself by other people's judgment. It's important to always circle back. 
You can listen to people's opinions, especially when you're clear about whose opinion matters and whose does not in your life. So it's not that nobody's opinion matters because there are people that do, but your opinion of yourself always matters too. And don't forget that. So people are going to judge you because one of the other thing is that it can be a powerful way to influence and control people, right? Oh, you need to make me happy. And if you do this, then it'll make me happy, right? And then we become puppets. So one is know who the people are whose opinion matters. Your opinion also matters. So hopefully it's on your list. Circle back and check in when you get feedback. And most importantly, don't allow yourself to define yourself by other people's opinion. That's their opinion. There's not really right or wrong. It's an opinion. Are you living in line with your own personal values? Are you living in line with your integrity? That's what matters. So there's a lot of different ways to do things and give yourself that permission that am I willing to look at this, practice this, and learn from it? And it doesn't mean that in five years or in six months, depending on the time frame, that you may go, hey, you know what? I actually going to do uh, what this person said because it's actually more in line with my values. Right now we're in our household, we're changing something, a parenting thing that we did for the last 20 years and we're looking at and revisiting and changing. So within our own home, and that one's huge instead of, oh, this is the way it's always been. It's, I started looking at it going, I'm not sure if this is quite working anymore. It doesn't mean I made a mistake, but it goes back to the Maya Angelou saying, when you know better, you do better. And it's as simple as that. So with judgment of others, don't let it define you and realize it's going to happen and you can't control it. All right. I'm looking forward to hearing how you're going to implement this show into your own life. So email me and join our community at howshereallydoesit.com. And you can sign up for the weekly newsletter to get insight and updates for future episodes. You never have to worry about missing a show and info about working with me. And I want to do a shout out to one of our community members, Omar. Thanks so much for taking the time to send me a card in the mail. Love it. What a great treat for me. A special thanks to Susan for coming back and being a guest co-host. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes. Let me know. Leave a comment there. That really fuels me as I go and do this work for you. There are directions on the show notes about what to click to write a a review. And until next time, I'm smiling big for you. And remember what Scott Scratton says. You can't win over the haters. You're not the jackass whisperer. On a lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting. Never been so wild.